episode 83, Bob Green. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science, today we're talking about the four or five generations at work and how to lead them well. Bob Green, thought leader from our partner, Ascentis, will be helping us with insights into different generations and at the same time, how to best engage them. Are you ready for this? Let's go. Bob, there's four generations at work today. Talk about each of these and really highlight what makes each of them unique. Uh, the four generations at work today, uh, starting from your uh, oldest workers to your youngest, are going to be the baby boomers, the Gen Xers, the millennials, which we now refer to more as millennials than Gen Y, and then finally, Gen Z. And uh, those four generations are all working side by side today. What characterizes them uh, is uh, a set of behaviors that that sociologists basically see as uh, the kinds of behaviors that typify a cohort of people who happen to have been uh, born around the same time. And the interval, generally speaking, is between 10 to 12 to 15 years for a generation. Baby boomers, uh, are, as your oldest generation, tend to be thought of as extremely self-reliant and wanting to earn their credibility, earn everything that they get, and uh, want to, I think, at this point, be seen as kind of the mentors and the experienced folks who have something to offer the younger generation, even though they may work differently. The Gen Xers, sometimes referred to as the latchkey generation, are influenced largely by the fact that uh, their parents, for the first time in history, both parents usually were working. And consequently, when they got home from school, uh, all they had was a key and they let themselves in. And uh, as uh, one of my favorite uh, authors on generational issues talks about, they said, usually sitting on the kitchen counter is a note from management also known as the parents, saying, this is what I need you to have done uh, by the time we get home at six. And they were very self-reliant and independent and uh, delivering a whole lot to the the situation because they were required to. Uh, Millennials, as something of a reaction to that, sometimes referred to as the helicopter parent generation, are a generation of kids where the parents were reacting to their upbringing. And as a result, they were more focused on their children and wanting to be present in every aspect of their lives. And we can only imagine what that does uh, psychologically to the, the members of that generation. They expect a level of attention and uh, and they get it. And Gen Zers are new to the party. They're here within the last three to four to five years, having just graduated from school. Um, They uh, are typified by uh, members who were literally born with technology in their hands. They they have uh, always known cell phones and texting and social media and all of the things that uh, we uh, rely upon today. And consequently, they are far more comfortable using those tools and that technology than any of the previous generations. 
Really good. Thank you for level setting that. And I think the most important thing here is that as leaders, we have to do some studying of this. We need to understand the come from of why you know, each of the generations operate the way that they do and really what their needs are because of how they grew up, right? And where the world was. And so I think that is just so important. Thank you for that level set. And Bob, I think you know this, our listeners are people first leaders. So talk about the different generations and and how they want their HR experience, particularly their engagement experience at work. Can you speak into that? Absolutely. And, you know, it manifests itself in all kinds of different ways from the kind of benefits that you offer them that will be valued by them to uh, the way that you go about doing performance management with them. Because uh, honestly, it, it couldn't be more different in, in some respects from uh, one generation to another. Performance management is probably the touchiest part of this because people respond better and engage more when they recognize your performance management techniques as being relevant to them and that they can thrive under that level of performance management. We know it's a it's a well-established fact that uh, people are less likely to leave a job for, uh, for example, pay or benefits than they are for uh, disagreements with their management, a feeling that they are not contributing or being recognized at work. All of those things revolve around performance management. As you go from the oldest generation to the youngest generation at work, you can see uh, an upswing in the level of attention and uh, at the same time, the kind of attention that they want in terms of their performance management differs. So for example, uh, millennials and Gen Zers, uh, at least on the Gen Z side, as it appears to us right now since they're new, but millennials in particular who just recently uh, became the largest generation at work, are looking for uh, frequent feedback that focuses on their individual contribution. One other important point here, a lot of non-millennials view millennials as uh, the generation that expects to start at the top. Well, they're coming in and they've been an employee for six months. Why aren't they CEO yet? I think that kind of misses the point. And it's really not that that's what millennials are looking for. What millennials are looking for is a very guided experience at work in regards to performance management, learning management. And they want to know that the employer is behind them in helping to develop their career and recognizing them for what they are contributing to the organization. And you just teed up the next question that was coming to mind to me, uh, because many times we have different people at work that they just can't understand the millennials and where they're coming from. And there's a lot of stigma, right? And so I'm sure you get this question all the time. I'm very curious your answer. What's your best advice on how to get buy-in, if you will, from other generations to what the newer generations want and vice versa? Well, you know, my answer to that would have been different 15 days ago than it is today. Uh, the elephant in the room for a lot of uh, uh, employers right now in figuring out where to go with managing workers uh, at work in large groups is that right now there are no large groups. Uh, everyone is, uh, or, or 
almost everyone is working remotely. We have a, a health crisis that is going on right now that will literally change the way the generations interact with each other. And so prior to uh, a month ago, I would have said the more meetings, the merrier. Get folks together, not just for uh, business meetings and to accomplish a particular task, but also for um, social events after hours, uh, for the half hour or hour after work for those who can stay to be able to have a happy hour together and to get to know each other better. Now, times are more challenging. It's going to be virtual happy hours. It's going to be ways to design teams working together more reliant than ever on technology like collaboration platforms to be able to get to know how each other works when they don't actually see or come in contact with each other on a daily basis. Okay, now I'm really curious about this next question that I had in mind, which is around communications platforms. And I'm sure this has changed too recently. Maybe your thoughts around this. So, you know, what communications platforms have you found to be best and to really, you know, bridge all of the generations at work? I know that's probably going to be a loaded question, but thoughts there? Yeah, um, I think it's less about one particular brand of collaboration platform that's better than another, but rather the common requirements we need from the best collaboration platforms. So first among equals is the requirement that that collaboration platform be accessible from just about every device, either in existence today or in somebody's mind's eye at one of the large tech firms right now. Who would have thought 10 years ago that we might be talking about glasses, uh, eyeglasses, for example, that connect to the internet and deliver information. Uh, who would have thought about uh, a, uh, a, a wristwatch that does the same thing? But the bottom line is there's enough commonality amongst every uh, device from the largest, which these days are probably laptops, to the smallest, like watches and every tablet in between, for us to look for these collaboration platforms to be able to deliver the same quality experience regardless to the extent that that's possible within the limits of the technology. And then the second thing to look for in regards to these uh, collaboration platforms is that they allow quick and easy update as things change. Because if anything has been proven to us in the last 30 days, it seems like every week is a year and every day is a month. And uh, the amount of information Information that we need to be able to communicate to our employees to continue making them feel engaged and connected to us as a community as and as a business is is has never been uh, at greater volume than it is today. Great point. Really great point, especially for, for right now. Thank you for that. Okay. I'd love your thought on this, which is probably something that you've heard, you know, many a times and, and questions that come around leaders who have this stigma or just people in general have stigmas about certain generations and tend to like poke fun or make jokes or, you know, whatever. I love how you level set and said, Hey, here's the four different generations and here's where they come from so that we can understand they're come from and why, you know, they show up this way, right? All of us are coming from are just our certain perspective. But what mindset do you suggest that our leaders, you know, adopt or shift just universally and seeing what you see out there? Like what would be your best advice or just your, hey, I would just, I would highly recommend that you consider shifting the way you think about X. What What is that? First of all, the, the, the most important consideration in shifting the way you think about X is to uh, reject the stereotypes that you hear unless you personally can identify with them and 
then if you do feel that a stereotype is true, try to dig for the rationale behind it. Why is that stereotype true? What, what exactly does it mean? And when uh, people get together and talk about it, there's kind of two ways to talk about it. There is the light joking way. I've been uh, hailed as uh, OK Boomer more than once in, in my recent experience. And then there's the kind that is intended to kind of uh, get a laugh, but with an edge uh, that puts someone down, that puts an entire generation down, or that is seeking some kind of competitive advantage of one generation to another. When we come to the realization that no one generation has superiority to the other in the way of their work modes, but rather uh, that they simply work differently. And, uh, you know, I think of it like an orchestra and what a conductor tries to do with an orchestra. Every different kind of instrument in an orchestra makes a different sound, some more melodic, some more harmonic. All of them are absolutely required in order to be able to produce the sound that you are looking for. Well, instead of having uh, horns and percussion and woodwinds and and uh, so forth, instead we have baby boomers and Gen Xers and millennials and Gen Zers. And when we get them all kind of rowing in the same direction, respecting each other, and that doesn't mean they can't joke about it with each other. Sometimes those jokes are extremely instructive from one generation to another. Uh, but when we get them all pulling in the same direction, that's when we're going to create the best symphony for for our company. And so, Bob, I know you're probably like me. You know, you're spending a lot of time in the HR and leadership realm of businesses, and that's what Ascentis does. You know, just about every company is recruiting. Every company is talking about the talent gap today and how do we make our brand attractive, especially those brands that aren't necessarily sexy at all for the younger generations that want very meaningful work and, you know, fun, fancy brands, if you will, right? Everybody's struggling with that. What do we need to keep in mind when it comes to attracting the younger generations of talent just in our recruiting initiatives? What's different? What's shifting? So again, this is a question where my answer would have been different 30 days ago than it is today because we are in the midst of a tectonic shift in the employment relationship between candidates and uh, employers. That is uh, simply guaranteed to occur when unemployment goes from something in you know the low single digits to what they're projecting it could be within the next few months. So with the caveat that every Everything is shifting right now. I'm simply going to answer this question as I would have a month ago, and perhaps in six months, we'll be back very close to that uh, standard. And that is that the youngest generation, uh, first of all, needs very streamlined, simple ways to apply for a job. If you can't make your technology something that where they can apply with a few clicks, attaching their resume, uh, then you are not going to get the best candidate. That's first and foremost. Second, actually perhaps first in terms of a priority, is that employers need to understand what their social media presence and reputation is, their employment brand. And that's represented in places like LinkedIn and particularly Glassdoor, which tends to be kind of the place where everyone goes to find out the skinny on how a particular employer not only treats its employees, but more importantly, importantly, treats its candidates. So I advise employers always know what your brand is, 
work to change it if you don't like it, and make sure you understand what your social media profile is across all of the platforms so that you aren't surprised if suddenly you're not getting the level um, of talent that you uh, need or want for a particular set of positions. Well, Bob, this episode has been so concise. I have so many key takeaways. You can tell that you train a lot. <laughs> so we don't typically have trainers on the show. So we can see where you just get to it and just so meaty. This was wonderful. I'm pretty sure we're probably going to have you back on another time this year. But I think this was a wonderful first step in you know our partnership together with Ascentis and you and, and just really tapping into a topic that many of our listeners have wanted. We're going to take just a quick break. I hear from our sponsor message today. Come right back to what we call our lightning round where we'll get a chance to learn just a little bit more about the personal side of you. We'll be right back. Okay, so we all know not correctly tracking your employees' time, schedules, and leaves directly impacts things like payroll processing, compliance, and other critical parts of a business. But if you want to learn other ways, like maybe no-brainers, you know, those are just reminders, of course, and some not-so-obvious tips to impact your company's bottom line, go to ascentus.com forward slash gut science. You can see that in the show notes. You can request a complimentary review of your processes and policies as a Gut Plus Science listener for free. All right, we're back with Bob Green on Gut Plus Science, speaking into managing and leading a multi-generational workforce, just a packed, tactical, and also strategic, very mindset shift-oriented episode. So thank you for that. A couple of questions for you, Bob. We'd love to just tap into learning a little bit more about you. If you could pick out or share your favorite book of all time or one that's just a recent great read, what comes to mind? Oh, gosh. Um, for pure uh, leisure reading, I would say that uh, I, I love the Grisham novels uh, and uh, kind of can't wait. I wish he would write faster because I need my Grisham fix more than once a year. Uh, you know, from a from a professional perspective, in terms of what we are talking about in today's uh, session, I highly recommend anything by an author by the name of Megan Johnson. And you can find Megan Johnson, you know, by Googling her and she's got her own website. And she's written a number of books on generational aspects of work. And she keys into everything we've been talking about. And even more importantly, she is funny and fun to not only listen to, but to view on YouTube and also to read. Always love getting a new recommendation. Uh, how about a favorite vacation spot? Oh, gosh. Well, um, given the current situation, my favorite vacation spot is uh, my uh, living room. Uh, however, uh, prior prior to that, um, I used to enjoy Hawaii. Uh, I used to enjoy uh, a number of places, uh, Canada, a few, few other places, anywhere on the West Coast. And I'm looking forward to being able to do that again in the near future. Yes. And let's just hope that intention you said earlier about I'm going to operate as if, you know, six months from now, everything is back to normal. Let's just hope we're back on the beach soon within that six month period. So how about a favorite hobby when you're not working? Oh gosh, I read a lot. Um, I'm I'm an, uh, you know just a voracious reader, and I tend to kind of balance it with uh, you know mindless leisure reading like uh, mysteries or police procedurals or uh, legal based books. But then on the uh, uh, on the professional side, there's so much to keep up with for uh, uh, HR compliance 
particularly in the last month again. And so I'm, uh, uh, I feel like uh, my reading right now is a little uh, drinking from a fire hose. Uh, but uh, the other uh, kinds of things that I enjoy for leisure is uh, taking my dog for a walk. Um, and my, uh, my life these days does kind of revolve around him because I know he can't give me the coronavirus and he is uh, a sweet little guy. Awesome. And Bob, you know, I know that you are a, a very well-known thought leader and do a ton of training and development. And just, you just spoke into the fact that you're constantly like reading to keep up to date because you're training all the time and customers all over the country. And I love that we've partnered with you all. Um, I'd highly encourage that people reach out to you and connect with you for advice on all things HR, really. I'm, if Whether or not you can answer them, you're going to navigate them to the right place within the organization. What's the best way for our listeners to connect with you after the show? Sure, absolutely. Well, uh, they can always do so at my uh, email address, which is bob.green at ascentis.com. And the green has an E on the end. So it's bob.green at ascentis.com. And they'll also find that uh, I'm uh, these days uh, doing a lot of uh, thought leadership webinars for our company, particularly related to the current health crisis. And I publish blogs um, these days just about every week. So if they go to ascentis.com and they uh, click under resources and blogs, they will see my uh, bio and contact information there on any number of recent blogs that I have published around coronavirus and employer compliance issues. All right. Great episode today with Bob Green. Here's my truth you can act on on multi-generations in the workplace from Bob's expertise. Number one, millennials are the largest population in the workplace nowadays, and they want two things most, regular feedback like weekly and an employer that stands behind them. Number two, communications platforms need to be easily accessible from all devices and whatever you're doing to communicate now, increase the cadence. Number three, reminder, reject the stereotypes that you hear about multi-generations, the different generations, unless they're your experience. And number four, your application process must be simple. And if it's not, you'll be missing out on recruiting younger talent. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.